0: Welcome to Words, Wobbles and Wisdom, an honest and fun body positive podcast by me, Anne-Marie Miles. Are you struggling with your weight? Do you wish that you didn't think about food so often? Are there days when you'd wrestle a toasted sandwich off an alligator? Well then this might just be the podcast for you. I share my story, a lifelong battle with weight, food and mental health struggles. I share it alongside some of my writing on the subject and some of the wisdom I've gleaned from my life as a Christian. So join me for this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. Well, hello there and welcome to this week's episode of Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. First of all, I want to say thank you so much to people who responded to last week's episode because I thought it was an absolute disaster. But I got a few messages from people saying, no, no, it was really good to have an insight into your week and to hear that you were being honest and da-da-da. So thank you for the encouragement. That was really nice. And I did offer to let anyone who got to the end of the episode have a poem written or a free book or something each person who messaged me said, no, not looking for anything. Just wanted you to know that I got to the end of the episode and I enjoyed it. So thank you. I'm sure there were people who kind of switched off halfway through. They must have been. But thank you so much for, to those who listened all the way through and were very nice and very gracious in saying that they actually enjoyed it. And since you were so enthusiastic about a dose of reality, I thought I'd give you another one. Don't worry, it's not another week in the life of. You'll be glad. I'm sure to know that. But one of the things that I wanted to talk about this week is pain. And that I have been in quite a bit of pain lately. I've got shoulder pain, both shoulders and elbow pain. I had some blood tests and thankfully the results came back to me yesterday and they were... Uh, all clear they were looking for inflammatory markers and rheumatoid markers and all sorts they checked liver function and all sorts of stuff they also tested for bone strength in the blood test and there was nothing that suggested that i needed to have a bone scan either like really the tests were all clear bar one reading that was a little high everything was great so that was quite a relief actually and i think um it kind of links a little bit back to uh the episode, if it's not broke, that doesn't mean it doesn't need fixing, so it relates a little bit back to that because what happened was I had fallen and I'd kind of been holding this injured shoulder, and the doctor said that that had actually made it worse um that I should have been moving it because I wouldn't I was worried that it was broken or fractured, so I was kind of protecting it, and she was saying no you'd if it was broken, you'd have known you wouldn't have been able to bear the pain. And so you should have been moving it. So I suppose I've got a bit of delayed recovery from the fall. But in general, I find that both shoulders and both elbows really, really hurt. Not all the time, not constantly, but every so often there'll just be this ache. And I was so sure that I had like rheumatoid arthritis or that there was something seriously wrong, but all of the all of the results were good. So thank God for that. I'm really, really, really relieved about that. But pain is something that I have never really been very good with. Now, nobody loves pain, obviously, but some people are great at dealing with pain and bearing pain. I know somebody who has has a chronic condition where they basically are in pain all the time and they don't complain. And, you know, I would Chat to their husband, and he would say, She doesn't, you know. I mean, I know she's in pain all the time, but she doesn't complain about it. I can tell you now, if I was in pain all the time, I would complain about it. I am not a good patient at all. And I'm just so glad that I'm not in pain all the time. But I'm thinking, if this is it, then if this, if it's just old age, me getting on in years, and my poor body exhausted from me carrying the weight all these years, if this is it, and pain is going to be part of my life. What what am I going to do about it? Like, what what do you do when you suddenly realise you're at that age? I mean, 50 feels a bit young to think, oh, gosh, for, for the rest of my days, I'm going to be in some form of pain. But then again, my, I'm sure my body is probably older than its years because of the way I've treated it. So what do you do with pain? What, When pain becomes part of the equation and painkillers become part of your life, which that might be the case for me. I'm certainly going to be on them for a while now. Where do you go from there? How do you adjust to that new life? That's kind of what I've been thinking about uh, this week. How to adjust to a life of pain when I am not somebody who deals with pain very well. I've always been a, a whinger. Even when I was a kid, I know that I whinged all the time. And I remember... It's one of these things where I'm not sure whether it's a memory, whether I really remember it, or whether I've heard the story so many times, I think I remember it. But the story goes that I was whinging about something. I was out the front and I was crying about something. And one of the neighbours came out, Mrs Roach, came out and said, Oh, Anne-Marie, what ails you? And I said, Seven! <laughs> so, So I do, you know, I'm not sure if I genuinely remember that, but I do know that that happened. That is a story that has been told, and I I remember my brother, my the brother who's nearest to me in age, my brother John, being taken by the neighbours. You know, he was the same age as the boy next door, and they were going up the mountains for a drive with the dad, and I think they were going fishing or something. And I screamed and cried and kicked the wall and kicked the gate, and oh, I was such a whinge bag, um. And if I was in pain, I was unbearable, absolutely unbearable. Like I remember when I got my periods first, they used to be really painful. But now I don't know, were they really painful or was I just rubbish at dealing with them? And the first time I ever stayed home from school when they were really bad, I remember my brother coming into the room going, what's wrong with you? You're not even sick, you know? And I was like, I am sick. Well, what's wrong with you? I'm sick, that's it, you know. And my mom was like, go to school, to my brother. Go to school, go to school. Uh, your sister's not well, you know. There's nothing wrong with her. She's sitting up in bed reading. There's nothing wrong with her. And I really I've never never been good with pain. So what what do you do when pain is something you have to deal with all the time? It's it's new ish to me and it doesn't it, I don't think it's something that's really gonna go away unless I have a miraculous healing. Now you know I'm a Christian or well you know now anyway, if you didn't know before and I believe that God can do miracles, but I he doesn't always do them. Some people are miraculously cured, other people aren't. And we're not going to go into the theology of all that. But, you know, I I was sick before and not cured. And hence, I've no children. And I was sick before and not cured. And hence, I've had depression. So, I you know, there are people who are completely restored from things. And there are people who aren't. And I'm one of the people who hasn't been completely restored from things that I've struggled with. I, I've i prayed for healing from, from my addiction to food, you know, my compulsion to eat. That hasn't come either. And, you know, that's... I believe that God is good all the time so that this is the life and this is the path he wants me to tread. What scares me a little bit is that a path of pain now is is one he wants me to tread and um, I'm thinking emotional pain was pretty horrible. Not really looking forward to physical pain being part of my life forever and what do you do with it? How do you how do you deal with it? You know? I'm I'm sure that one thing that would help would be to lose more weight. I'm I'm sure of that. And certainly I've, you know, I've really let sugar back into my life a bit too much in these days. And, and sugar is if you if you look, some of the research will tell you sugar is definitely connected to uh, bone uh, arthritic pain and bone weakness and stuff like that. It is true to say and I've you know, I've read some kind of journal articles on this that Some of the things that help with emotional pain are connected with physical pain. So like deep breathing and meditation is something that if your body relaxes, then it does help the parts of your body that are painful. Well, certainly tensing your body makes it worse. And that's a classic example of what I did when I hurt my shoulder. Instead of moving it and relaxing it, I was keeping it tight and holding on to it, which made the pain worse. So, you know, relaxation. And, they, and they, they, um, some of the medical journals will recommend this for people with chronic pain, that they should do relaxation. The other thing is stress. Stress, anxiety, anger... They actually exacerbate chronic pain. And I was amazed to read that. And I don't know why I was amazed because I, a friend of mine who suffers with chronic pain, um, she finds that staying away from stressful situations helps, you know, it, it doesn't make the pain go away, but it stops it from becoming worse. Exercise, exercise and fresh air, which is something that's supposed to be really good for your emotional health and your mental health. It's also good for when you have chronic pain because natural endorphins do the same to the body as they do to the mind. They, they bring um, benefit and they are a, a form of pain relief, both emotionally and physically. I've been amazed at how much connection there is. Um, exact, cut back on alcohol is the same thing. Um, it doesn't help mental health to drink too much alcohol, nor does it help with physical, um, with physical pain. It also can exacerbate sleep problems and a lack of sleep doesn't help your mental health and doesn't help your physical health. And it's just amazing. I'm just so surprised to find that there were some of the remedies for mental and emotional pain that I have tried to put in place that have helped me are actually are, they're all there. They're all there and, you know, stated as things that can help with chronic pain. Now, I can't say I suffer from chronic pain at the moment. My concern is that the amount of time that I am in pain is increasing, and the amount of areas of my body that are painful are increasing. There is no reason, so there, you know, so it's it's not like oh, there's the problem. We can take that problem away, and that's it. Um, it's it's just that I my bones are old and tired. I've had an injury. And the injury is taking a long time to recover and it may not ever get back to being 100%. I mean, I fell, I slipped on a kitchen floor in water one time and I went one direction and the my left leg from the knee down went the other direction. And my knee has never been the same, that knee. Never has always been a weakness in that knee uh, because I, I probably should have gone. You know, probably we should have gone to the doctor or the hospital or whatever, but I didn't. I was in, oh my goodness, it was excruciating. And, um, you know, so I think once you've damaged an area, there it is, there's always a weakness. And of course, that is the same with mental health. Once you have, um, and I know this, one, because I've read up on it, and two, because it is my experience, that once you have a really severely damaging um, incident, to your mental and emotional health there is a little fragility a weakness in there afterwards and I think what's happened now is that mental health is so widely talked about and so much more acceptable now that people are able to say listen I'm fragile in that area I'm um, I'm struggling with that and I you know I need to do whatever I need to do to to help myself and give myself support um, whereas before you just got on with it. You just had to get on with it. You went to work and you went and you did what you had to do and you raised your kids or you went through your marriage or you did you ran your business, whatever it was, and you you just got on with it. There was a brilliant, brilliant film with Victoria Wood, a television film, and it was based on the wartime diaries of a woman called Nella Last. And... Basically, it follows her experiences um, uh, The uh, what it says here in the experiences of an ordinary housewife and mother in in the northern English town of Barrow and Furnace, Lancashire, during the Second World War. And I remember seeing it on telly and it was absolutely amazing. The Mass Observation Project was set up in 1937 and it was basically just to hear the voice of the ordinary people during the war. So they asked people to just write in and write their experiences and so this woman started to write in and give an account of her life she, she nella last was one of the 500 people who took up the offer and her diaries were sent weekly and headed housewife 49 her age when she first began the correspondence Sorry I am re- I know it sounds like I'm reading I am actually reading this this interaction this writing down of her diaries and sending them sending them away it kind of revolutionizes her life a bit she's quite introverted quite isolated she suffers with depression and at one stage in in the film you see her go to the house that she used to live in she just has a momentary blip and and because she's 49, she's probably menopausal as well. So she's she's just a bit kind of thrown and she goes to the old house and her husband is portrayed as this very stern, kind of cold, distant man. And uh, it's just an amazing film. And it might even be the earliest real kind of long term documentation of somebody's life who struggles with some sort of mental health problems, some sort of, uh, you know, is not in a great marriage, is not in a great place in her life and actually the writing down of these letters and sending them away has a fantastic effect and you know they do say that journaling is really really beneficial and uh, it's just uh, yeah if you can if you can get a hold of housewife 49 it's an absolutely fantastic film i definitely definitely worth the watch so you have to wonder then what are the benefits of pain are there any benefits to having pain i mean my instinct would be go oh, no, no of course there's no benefits to having pain but if you think about it and if I stop in such a baby about it, um, <laughs> one of the benefits of pain is it's another reason for me to work on my body. It's another reason for me to work on my weight, to push through and just really take control of this body and what's happening to this body and look after it better. So it, it gives me another reason to do it. I mean how many reasons do I need before I actually do it properly but it's you know it's a, it's a, good to have another one on the list so that's the first thing and that's a personal thing it's not a general principle is it it's a kind of personal thing to me it's a reminder that this body's getting older it's getting weaker and that I need to do things to keep it yeah, as healthy as possible for as long as possible there are general benefits of pain in the sense that pain is it's a warning sign, isn't it? It's a warning sign that there's something wrong. Um, and, you know, if you've got a uh, terrible, terrible headaches or terrible back or knee aches and they don't go away, eventually you do go to the doctor to make sure that there isn't something sinister going on. So... Pain is, is it's like a warning sign, isn't it? So there are benefits to pain in that sense. I'm not talking about long term chronic pain, obviously, but, um, you know, pain that kind of suddenly comes out of nowhere and you kind of think, gosh, you know, my back's been at me for the last while um, um, or, you know, my knees been at me or whatever. It's a, a warning sign, a, a, you know, a positive warning sign to either rest or in some cases, to move more. You know, sometimes if you've sat for too long and you get up and you're stiff, the body's saying, listen, it's not good for you to be sitting down for so long. Make sure to move a bit more and a bit more often. And if things go on, if things continue and get worse, then it's a sign that really might need some medical help. I suppose what I'm trying to say is pain is not always an enemy. Sometimes it's a good warning sign saying, listen, The life you're living now, the things you're doing now are not good for your body and you need to do something, do something different to improve your, you know, your body's health. And as we connected the two earlier, pain from a mental health point of view um, is just as significant as pain from a physical point of view. So I suppose what I'm getting at really is like many things on this journey of looking after myself, both physically and mentally. I've had to adjust my thinking. And I think pain is one of those things where I need to adjust my thinking because I'm getting older, you know, aches and pains are part of that journey of getting older and maybe I need to reassess my my thinking about pain. And if it's going to be there, it's going to be there. How can I best deal with it? How can I best fend it off, head it off at the past from getting any worse? And how can I best move forward? in this kind of older body (laughs) that's starting to creak and eek and ouch and pain is definitely a part of my life at the moment and probably to some degree here to stay because of the nature of aging uh, what are your thoughts? I'd love to hear. Are you somebody who suffers with pain? Are you somebody who struggles with pain? Are you somebody who's been good at kind of fending off those things in life that can cause aches and pains? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Drop me an email, smile at annmariemiles.co.uk. I would love to hear your thoughts on that process of getting older and the aches and pains and the balance between doing something about it. And, you know, being more active, being more conscious of how our body responds to things, but also get into the place where we accept that, you know, the body's getting older and we're creaking a little bit. And uh, that's just the way things are. Could be worse, couldn't it? It could be a lot, a lot, lot, lot worse. And that's something I definitely should be thankful for. And I also can help it stop becoming a lot, lot, lot worse. And that responsibility is on me, nobody else. I'm the only one who can uh, put a plan into action to stop it from getting any worse. So, one more thing before we go. Frankie! What is that about? What is that about? Yes, I'm having... Oh my goodness, I'm having a bit of a wrestle. I've never... I've never successfully baked with coconut flour. Now, I know this is a real first world problem, but if you are somebody who bakes low carb and bakes with coconut flour, maybe you could give me some advice Uh, almond flour or ground almond. I've got that. I've got the measure of it. I know how to do make the the biscuits and the brownies and stuff like that. And it works and the recipes work. Uh, I keep trying different coconut flour recipes and it just doesn't work for me either. They're too eggy. That's the biggest problem I have. But with coconut flour, you need lots of eggs in the recipe. Is there anything I can substitute the eggs for? I have Googled it, but I haven't really understood what they're talking about. So if anyone could um answer in words of one syllable that would be great uh, either they're too eggy or they're just too soft and and moist but not in a nice way they kind of fall apart moist rather than nice chewy moist you know um so if yeah that's i know i know it really is a first world problem but i i have this huge big bag of coconut flour that i was given as a gift which is fantastic because it's not cheap and I've tried a few different recipes. I just can't seem to get it right. Get the balance And I followed because it says like even if you uh, even if your coconut flour is just even like half a teaspoon more than it should be. It really does affect it affect the recipe because it's so absorbent. So I um. I've really been following it, and there have been recipes where it's looked for three eggs, and I'm like, I know what's going to happen if I put three eggs in this, and I put the three eggs in, and all I can taste from the biscuit is eggs. So the ones I made last night, I made they were like chocolate orange cookies. Now they're lovely and they taste lovely, but they're 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 wet. Do you know what I mean? They're they're uh, they're too moist. They're too moist, and and they're breaking up. And I just can't seem to get the consistency. I mean, they look fabulous. Actually, what I'll do is I'll put a picture on my Instagram and my Facebook page of the cookies because they look fabulous. But they're kind of, uh, they're a bit too moist and I just can't seem to get the balance right. So I'm thinking if, if coconut flour is so absorbent, why have I still got too much liquid in in the mix? Um the idea is that it absorbs all of the liquid so yeah it's a real first world problem but it is irking me and I'd love to get it because the almond flour I've really got it so if you are a coconut flour user or you know somebody who is if, if any tips to help me I'd love to kind of crack the using the coconut flour and yeah yeah I mean really and truly honestly if that's all I had to worry about I'd be doing well, wouldn't I? Right, I have to go. Thank you so much for joining me on Words, Wobbles and Wisdom. I'm working on my website at the moment. I have made quite a few changes. So if you'd like to pop over, I'd love to hear your thoughts. AnnMarieMiles.co.uk You can sign up for the mailing list. I know I promised an email last week, but I just didn't have time. I'm so sorry. I will get into the swing of regular emails. I'm just so busy at the moment. But I still want you to sign up. (laughs) But yeah, I've changed the email. I've, I've done a little bit more about and uh, the about me section i've I've shared a little bit more i've done a little bit more in the different sections the writing and the speaking and the training and stuff so yeah i'd love your thoughts if you want to have a look at annemariemiles.co.uk sign up for the mailing list or drop me an email smile at miles.co.uk, and i'm ammo writing on social media if you want to connect with me there thank you so much for listening and i will see you and you will hear me next week Bye bye